0: Sometimes this surveillance, it's not a good thing. So it really depends on the political climate of the country. And this is why, as scientists, we have the responsibility to alert the public about the different possibilities and what can go wrong with them.
1: This is a special time. There are many, many genomes in sequences, in uh, databases that are pretty open. But I think, see, even since the Golden State Killer case was closed Some of them have been shut off or have been disconnected from police activities. You know, do you see more guardrails being put in place either in the last decade or maybe in the coming decades?
0: I think we start to see from policymakers putting some frameworks and policies how to use these databases. For instance, there was an interim policy by the Department of Justice. And this is great. And I think we we had a conversation, we had a, a workshop. It's called Spring Harbor. About a year and a half ago, with people from the FBI, with people from the ACLU, with privacy experts, and, and so on. So we all kind of like convene and talked about it. And you can see that these people coming from law enforcement, they understand that they just got some new superpower that they didn't have, and they understand that this superpower, you know, it has some limitations. They cannot utilize it too much. They, they cannot like do bad things with it because at some point the public might revolt and they will take this superpower from them. So I, I was very pleased to see how deeply they think about it. And they tried in this policy to create kind of like some checks and balances. Now it's, it's imperfect, of course, it's very initial policy, but it was very good to see that they started planning ahead and thinking how to limit and, and just to utilize it for special cases.
1: One other question going back to privacy and research. Is it possible to anonymize a genomic database for medical research? Is that something we could do if we wanted to?
0: So I thought about this problem for a long time and I realized I think it's like a kosher lobster. It's either kosher or either lobster, but it cannot be both, right? So you cannot really anonymize a genome because you basically, if you try to do that, most likely you just lose all of the utility of this genetic information. It's also another thing to consider that privacy is not binary, right? There are 50 shades of gray in privacy, and there are different types of risks that we can take. I think the conversation should not be about how to protect the privacy of research participants, but really to create trust relationships with them. Because in many cases, privacy is not the end goal of people. People in many instances they decide voluntarily to give away their privacy in in a kind of like you know very limited way. But for instance, you go to your physician and you have to be naked in order for her to check you up. So you give some of your privacy for that, but you know it's for your own benefit. So if we can develop these trust relationships between.